Hello, everyone. This is Justin Nackpil again with the Road to Wealth podcast. Happy 4th of July for those that are here in the United States. And for those tuning in, I hope everyone's having a great and wonderful weekend. On today's episode, I get to talk to Steve, who runs the frugalexpat.com blog. Originally from Florida, he moved to Taiwan to teach English and brought over his rooted frugal mind. Uh, he is married, and him and I actually got a chance to connect on Twitter for a number of weeks and just super excited that he was able to come on the podcast. We talked through a number of topics. We talked through his background, his early parts of saving and investing at an early age, his love of travel that him and his wife share, as well as how living in America compares to where he is living now within Taipei in Taiwan. His blog contains a lot of great information on savings, investing, and living a life of frugality in his pursuit of, of financial independence. So again, I thank Steve for coming on, and thank you for tuning in to the Road to Wealth podcast. We ha will have an episode dropping every week at this point. And for those that want to, please find me on social media. I'm on Twitter at the Road to Wealth Pod, as well as on Instagram at the Road to Wealth Podcast handles. Thank you for coming in today, and without further ado, I would like to present Steve. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Road to Wealth podcast. This is Justin Nackpill, and it is evening for me, and I am calling someone that's on the other side of the world for in the morning. I'd like to welcome Steve from the Frugal Expat. Hi, Steve. How are you doing, man? I'm doing good, Justin. How are you doing? Uh, it's late for me, so I'm going to be... We were just... In show prep, Steve and I were talking about morning and evening routine. So I eventually will be preparing my evening routine, and Steve is just starting his morning um, on Tuesday, I believe, um, and recording this for me on Monday night. So, uh, so I'm I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know, Steve and I, you know, we've interacted on Twitter for quite some time. Um, I find his story very fascinating, and. Uh, you know, a very interesting background as well, considering he came from the States. But we'll get into that. You know, Steve, if, if you can, for the listeners, just give a, a brief intro of who you are and a little bit about your background. Yeah, thanks, Justin. Uh, my name is Steve. And right now I am uh, I'm an English teacher living in Taipei, Taiwan. I'm also um, a personal finance blogger for the, the blog, The Frugal Expats. And um, right now I'm just trying to work on learning more about finances helping people around me um, do better with personal finances and trying to just live my life with my wife here in Taiwan. Um, just taking it day by day, trying to do the best we can. That's great. And you know, we're, gonna, we're definitely going to plug the blog. Uh, we're going to talk through a, a, a variety of different topics. We're going to talk about you know, living overseas, also living with the, you know, the frugality and you know, finding items of value. Um, but I, I do want to just kind of start out because Steve, you come, you're originally from America. Tell us a little bit about that background and you know, kind of your journey moving overseas. Yeah, thank you, Justin. I, I'm originally from Florida. Uh, my parents are they're Northerners that moved down to Florida because it's quite warm. <laughs> and um, just growing up in Florida, um, my, my parents are they were quite uh, frugal people, and eventually I had um, left and went to South Carolina to go to school. I worked in South Carolina for a number of years. And about around age 30, I decided that my life wasn't really going where I wanted to go. I, I needed to see something different, needed to go somewhere else. 
And so I was looking at possibly traveling maybe around America, maybe around the world. And the thought of traveling around the world seemed pretty interesting and um, pretty cool. At that point, I decided to just read a bunch of travel blogs. And at that point, I noticed I needed money. And when I realized that money, uh, traveling needed money, I got into personal finance blogs like Mr. Money Mustache, uh, Go Curry Cracker, and some of these other blogs. And I, I realized my, my financial foundation was not set. And so I started to research and research and find, and I got into travel hacking, I got into these finances, and then I figured out I could also travel, um, teach English, and save money that way. And it led me to a path to go to Taipei, Taiwan, where I eventually landed and grabbed an English teaching job, saving and traveling even more. Plus, in the process, I met my wife, which was a good plus. So just leaving America from, um, from Florida and South Carolina all the way across the world to Taipei, Taiwan. And I heard this in, in one of the previous podcasts you were also featured on, Steve, but uh, coming from America with, you know, in that kind of sunbelt place with a lot of humidity and moving halfway around the world to another part of Asia with the, the same amount of humidity. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, so no, that's awesome. And there's a, definitely a lot to unpack there. I, I'm curious, you know, you, you shared that you went to... Uh, overseas to, you know, obviously uh, go to Taiwan and, and, and teach English. Is, is that what you studied in school as well or practice while you're in the States? No, actually, I was, um, I studied history in school, which, uh, which really didn't lead me anywhere at all, um, which is another subject altogether. But what I was doing in the States, I was working at um, outdoor camps, um, and in South Carolina, I was a program director at an outdoors camp right across the border in North Carolina. And so it was um, something I was working at for a very long time. And at some point, the camp was on the brink of losing some money. So the board of directors decided to sell the camp. And I was without a job. And I took a job as a, in a call center for a physical therapy department. And at that point is when I was just sitting at a desk, not doing much at all. It's when I realized, you know, it's time for me to go and do something else. Um, go and seek some new adventure. I've been working outside for many years and just sitting at a desk was just kind of keeping me closed off and I needed to kind of get out. So you need a little bit of adventure and, you know, the traditional corporate nine to five really didn't fit you. That is, yeah, that's exactly correct. <laughs> no, that's fair. And, you know, there's definitely a lot of people that, uh, you know, really thrive in, you know, being in a non-traditional role. Um, and you mentioned a little bit before about growing up with, you know, a sense of frugality coming from your parents. Did they also teach you about investing and, you know, saving for the future? Um, I would say... My, my father talked about investing. He did not teach my brother and my sister and I about investing at all. He just talked about us investing. He talked about him. He's got a stockbroker. And um, that was about it. Um, it. He didn't talk about much about money. Well, he talked about being frugal. He talked about making sure we can save enough. But that was about it. Um, there was no... Like, okay, invest in index funds or invest in these stocks, invest in this. He just said, you know, just 
go out into the world. <laughs> <laughs> I launched you. Here you go. Um, Basically, yes. <laughs> with, with, you, you mentioned frugality. Um, you know, I have my own respective stories, but there are there some from your childhood that stick out to you um, as as far as examples of this is how you be frugal in life. Well, yeah. Um, as I mentioned before, I lived in Florida. And one of the things in Florida is it gets really hot and humid. Mm-hmm. Um, and my dad, I would remember, uh, no matter what, uh, we would see the cha- the seasons changing. It would be around spring. It would be maybe 86, 87, 88 degrees outside. And we still did not have the AC on. <laughs> my dad would wait until the inside the house would hit over 86, 87, it was getting close to 90. He would say, okay, guys, we can shut all the doors, all the windows. We can turn on the AC up to 86 degrees. And that's where we held the thermostat. I would go to friends' houses and they would be set at like 68. And I'd be like, ooh, this feels good. I'd get back home and I'd be like, oh man, I'm sweating again. (laughs) (laughs) I can completely... Appreciate that story. You know, as a child, for me, we you know, we grew up in Chicago, so our, our humidity was similar to what you guys had in, in in Florida. And I remember in our Dodge Caravan, my dad would not turn on the air conditioning. We would have to roll the windows and allow that you know that hot air come into the car. So, uh, coming to a friend's house that completely had air conditioning the entire time, and that was a luxury for sure, man. Yeah, it was uh, it was quite interesting. Um, I was just my my friends would say, "Steve, your house is so hot." <laughs> I was like, "Well, it, it's cooler than it is outside." <laughs> <laughs> no, man, that's those are some great stories, and I'm sure it's you know you, you y'all could laugh about it before now. Um, so yeah, going back to the finance tip, obviously, like your 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 parents had a different path. You started doing a lot of self development. You mentioned Mr. Money Mustache and, you know, uh, and a, a several other fire bloggers. Did you find fire through that? I mean, obviously, you know, peeling off uh, Mr. Money Mustache as, a, as an example. Yeah, um, reading Mr. Money Mustache really kind of lit a fire underneath me. I mean, it, I mean, I was I was like gung ho into figuring out how to retire early. Um, at that point, I didn't really have much savings. I didn't have any investments and I just had some money in the bank. That was about it. I needed to figure out, I needed to open up an IRA. I needed to do this. I needed to do that. And then I started researching all about index funds and figuring out how I could create enough passive income where I could retire early and figure out what I can do next. No, and that, that's definitely, you know, a piece of many of the other guests that we talk to, you know, I have my own version of, of, of what that means. And everyone has a, their own flavor, if you will, of their own financial independence. And, and you know, we're definitely going to plug the blog. Um, and, it, you know, the, the one aspect that you, you started doing was writing, you know, obviously in your blog, you know, the frugal expat, what motivated you creating and, and sharing that journey through, through a blog form? Uh, that's a great question, Justin. I, I had some friends here in Taipei that were American. Uh, one was moving back to America. And she asked me, Steve, uh, how, how can I get started with investments? And so I had two friends come over to my house at a big whiteboard. And I started just teaching them just um, new and um, simplified version of personal finance. Basically, two hours of just showing them how what the 4% rule is, about index funds, about how mutual funds work and stocks and dividends. 
just to get them started on their path. And my wife said to me, Steve, um, there's so many other people that need this help. I need this help. Is there a way you can kind of broadcast this to so many other people? And she said, you should start writing about it. So what I did was I just started, uh, I pulled up some Google Docs, just started writing about it, created a very, very simplified website and started posting. And uh, then I kind of made the website a little bit better. But then I just kept posting and I had some friends that started reading it. They started asking me more questions. And so I was like, well, if people are reading it, I might as well keep writing and keep trying to answer some of these questions some of my friends had. Yeah, it's funny, you know, our little corner of, of, of the internet where, you know, we're finance nerds, you know, we be start becoming that, that resource for our, our friends and family. And, you know, as we start putting out content, you know, out in the universe, you're all of a sudden that expert, right? That's, that's, that's great. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, one of the greatest things was my brother, actually, he, he texted me and he said, Steve, can you, can you help me with, I've got all, all this money in my bank. I need to figure out how to invest it. Can you help me with this? And I said, yes, absolutely. And at that point, I asked my, my father about it. And he said, yeah, I've been trying to get him to invest for years. And I'm glad that you're able to do it for him. And that was, that was one thing that was really touching to me was my father approved of it. My brother was asking for help. And I could help so many other people just like that. See, that's the validation that, you know, we... It's almost self-validating, right? You know, in the same way, you know, with my family, I, I've been deemed this money guru or whatever, and I think it's just more so just validating all your work and you know everything that we're doing. And I feel I feel like we're still learning because you know I think you know everyone that we've mentioned on either on Twitter or on social media on Instagram, I think our generation is putting out not only free content but just useful content that even the masses can absorb, which is great. Well, yeah, exactly. I'm still learning from so many other people through Money Twitter, um, just hearing some of their thoughts, seeing some calculations, and just it's making me think even more and trying to write down some of these ideas that I can help spread to my readers and friends and family. Yeah, no, definitely. And, you know, one thing that I, I want to go in and, and dive in a separate topic is, you know, this whole piece that's in your name is the frugality piece. And I feel like there's a lot of things here we can talk about. So, you know, when we talk about financial independence, everyone has their own lifestyle. Why do you put such an emphasis on frugality when they're operating and seeking financial independence? I feel um, one of the key things for trying to seek financial independence is living below your means. And I think that's part of, part of the way to hit frugality. Uh, I mean, to hit financial independence is through frugality. Um, as, as you think about spending money, we have to think about what brings value into our lives. If, if I just spend a whole bunch of things and it's cheap and it lasts just maybe a year or less, then that's just that's kind of a waste of money. It just kind of you throw it away and then you go and buy something new. But with frugality, you're thinking about what brings value into my life? How can I get a good deal out of it? And how can it last longer? It's not about um, quantity, it's more about quality. And with this piece, um, as you realize every single dollar you spend um, is putting towards value, you need to figure out, oh, is this bringing value to my life? Should I spend money on this? 
is this bringing value to my life? Should I spend money on this? And at that point, you're making every dollar count. And at the end of the day, you have a whole bunch of money left over that you can invest. Or what I like to do is I like to pay myself first. And so I put my money into savings and investments at the beginning of the month. And then the rest of the stuff is spent on like rent, food, and electricity. And any money that's even more left over, then I put that into investments and saving at the end of the month. I think that's how frugality can help us reach financial independence. We are trying to save money in the process of trying to hit our financial goals. And I love that because that's been the aura. And I feel like it's so simplistic that you know, you just have to leave b- below your means. And in our society, especially in America, it, it almost gets lost. And we're, we're going to get into the comparison of, you know, because you've been entrenched cult- culturally in Asia and, you know, coming from America, I'm, I'm curious about, you know, th- that whole difference there. But, you know, to go back to frugality, you know, many people, I would say, you know, consumers of our content, not necessarily the money nerds that we are, you know, when we talk about, you know, being on a budget and, you know, trying to live below your means, they immediately translate that to being restrictive. How do you typically respond to, you know, people that say, you know, you just live a very restrictive life? Oh, well, that's a great question, Justin. I think um, if you find value in certain things, it's not really being restrictive. Um, I really don't find that much value in going out to eat. I think going out to eat maybe once or twice a month is fine. It's a good treat, but I find value in being able to cook my own food at home with my wife. Um, and at that time, and then I figured if we're saving money, that's even better. And I have financial goals and financial things I would rather spend money on. Like let's say for travel. I love to travel. My wife loves to travel. So our goal is to travel more. And what we do is we try to cut out anything that doesn't enhance our goals. And that's not being restrictive on travel. That's just being, um, that's just trying to reach our goals through saving money. And I think that that's what brings us most joy is our experiences, seeing new things, um, being able to experience all that is in the world. And I, I love that because I, I feel, and what I'm hearing, Steve, is that you know you're spending with intentionality. You're paying yourself first. You're paying in, in items and, and, and experiences that give you and your wife value. For example, like I, for example, may not value travel in the same capacity as you, but I still have a means in the way I operate and things I do value. Like for example, I do enjoy going out to eat with my wife. It could be the fact that you know we have two young children, or <laughs> traveling brings its own challenges. But in, in and of itself, it's you know we, we still are operating with that same intentionality that that you have with yours. Yeah, exactly. And each person is different. Each person values something much more different than I value. I value um, being able to travel. So we live in a very small place. We we do a lot of things that people may feel are very frugal. But then they're like, wow, you guys see so much of the world. And we're like, yeah, because that's where we like to put our money towards. Yeah, I'm curious, too, you know, because, you know, you live with such frugality. uh, You know, I'm I'm curious, you know, have there been any hating comments or things from around your circle that you're just like, you know, they respond with some, oh, well, you know, Steve and his wife, they they live, you know, an interesting life. (laughs) I'm curious curious how you deal with the criticism. Um, 
I don't find much criticism. Um, I guess maybe I, I may just tune it out. Um, uh, my wife, she used to be very, very, very um, much more frugal than I am. And uh, I think some people may have criticized her just a little bit more, but she's like, it's all for travel, Steve. That's, that's the only reason I do it is for travel. And I was like, well, I mean, that's perfect. And I feel like some, some of our friends, well, at least our friends in Taipei have picked up on some of the things we'd like to do. We like to ride bikes everywhere. And so we've got friends that instead of taking the, uh, the metro or a bus, they'll ride bikes to our house. They'll ride bikes around town and they're like, you know, we could be like Steve and Sarah. Um, but that's, that's some people. Um, I've heard, I've got friends in America that have asked, how do you guys save so much money? And I just say, well, we, we just try not to spend. And uh, it's, a, it's a nuance to a lot of people in America because they spend money on, maybe they go to bars, maybe they spend money on other things like going out to eat um, and maybe plenty of subscriptions to lots and lots of like Disney Plus, Hulu, all these subscriptions that they may value, but we just don't spend money on that stuff. No, I, I love that. And I feel, you know, going back to what your wife is suggesting is that it's going back to your why and your purpose. It's all for the travel. It's all for, you know, you, Steve, and her experiencing, you know, your greater purpose. And again, it's something that many may not value. I'm glad that you're resilient in that. Um, I do want to unpack what you just talked about, though, man. Uh, it, it was around the, the comments that, you know, your American friends saying and it's going into you know what what drew me to the account was you know the fact that you are an expat you are from america living in in in, in taipei and i i visited asia a few times in my past and it is a such a big cultural difference than you know being in america i'm curious you know the, the frugality how did that mindset and, and those priorities of being frugal change from going from america and now living in taiwan well, thanks, Justin. I think my mindset got even more frugal going to Taiwan. Um, Asian culture is uh, quite different than um, white American culture or just American culture. Um, in, in Asia, I mean, I don't know if this happened to you, Justin, but um, uh, a lot of people live with their parents. Um, they may graduate from university, college, and they'll live with their parents until Maybe they get married or they kind of leave the nest. My wife is from Australia and she went, when she was at school, she lived at home. When she graduated from university, she lived at home. At some point she left to go travel the world, but uh, otherwise she'd be leave, living at home, saving and just trying to, um, trying to save as much as she can. She paid off all of her student loans in one year just because she lived at home, she lived frugally, and she paid a little bit of rent to her father, but um, that was about it. And I think living in Asia, I, right now I'm used to public transportation. So I can either walk everywhere, ride my bike, take a bus, uh, take a metro, and it saves me money. I don't have to drive a car. I could um, drive a scooter if I needed to. And another thing is um, going, instead of going to grocery stores, we go to the local market that um, you have people that come in from all of the countryside. They sell food at all these little local markets all around Taipei. And 
they have better deals. You can bargain that way as well. I think in America, we don't really bargain much. Uh, we may bargain on a car or a house, but a grocery store, not so much. Maybe at a flea market. Uh, but in Asia, it's you bargain. I mean, that's a, that's the thing you do. Even in Taiwan, you bargain. You try to make deals. You try to, you know, this person is selling something at this price, but maybe you can get it cheaper at this other place. Yeah, the art of negotiation is, is something that we tend not to implement as a as a culture here in America. And you're right. The only time we can negotiate is is typically when we're buying a house, when we're buying a car, but not when we're buying, you know, we're going to Whole Foods or something like that to, yeah, to, yeah. Buy, to buy groceries, right? Um, and you bring up a great point, you know, just the piece around the frugality almost amplified going to Asia. You know, I'm curious because, you know, we... we I could speak from just being an American too, is that, you know, I feel in America we live with this abundance. And you alluded to it as well, talking about people have an abundance of, of subscription services that they sign up for. Or maybe, you know, the, the lawn care package or, you know, some additional clothing that they buy at these fast fashion places because it's it's part of our culture. I'm curious how that differs now that you've been ingratiated in Asia for so long. Yeah, um, we have we have a lot of things. We have the ability to order things, but the problem is is we don't have the space. Um, I feel in Asia. Well, I mean, if you look at places like Hong Kong, you look at places. I mean, even Taipei. Um, most of our apartments are very small, and if if everything is very small, then you need to be able to not have much clutter. You need to make sure that you're living a very minimalist life. And all my friends that I meet here in Taipei, most of them, um, they have a very minimalist life. Even though those that live with like families, they have very small bedrooms and very small apartments. And it makes you feel that you just don't need much. Um, maybe, I mean, I wear probably the same five or six different pieces of clothing every single day because I really don't need much. Um, and I think that's the difference is when I lived in America, it's like, okay, I need, I need clothing for this, this, and this. So I had a huge closet full of just clothes. I had so many different shoes. I had just so much things. And when I left, I only needed to take one suitcase and just packing up everything into a suitcase. I needed just to bring the necessities and then living here. I really don't buy much of anything except for food and maybe maybe some um, hygiene products. But that's about it because we don't need as much. I love that. I feel like you know you you've the cards that you've been dealt in because you, you you're just operating with what you have. And you know, I, I what I love is you know coming from America, you already have this abundance mindset. You know, and you know you kind of had to shift going to. Because you were already living fru frugally in America, it was just an easy way for you to transition, you know, going to Asia. You know, I, I love that, man. Um, you know, one other thing, too, that, you know, we talked about, we obviously met on Twitter, um, you know, the, the bridge for, uh, you know, me meeting someone from, from Asia and, you know, just loving your story. Um, I'm curious, you know, what... What have you thought about the platform so far? And just like you mentioned, you know, learning about, you know, different money situations on social media. Like what are, what are some things that, you know, 
kind of drew you to Twitter and, you know, just curious to what your, your thoughts on just finance with on, on the social media platforms in general. Well, um, what drew me to Twitter was I thought it would be a great place to network with new and interesting people. And what I found was um, people had in certain Twitter groups, there's, there can be some toxicity, but being part of money Twitter, there was a, a nuance, like a positivity, optimism, and everybody is striving to do better. Everybody is trying to motivate each other to invest better, save better, throw in new ideas, trying to get other people to feel better as well from posts about motivation to, you know, I did this, you can also do this, here's a tip, here's, there's a tip. And I felt when I was in that money Twitter, I was feeling very, um, very positive about what I was doing and how I was helping people and just connecting with different people. I've connected with people from Canada, Switzerland, Australia, America, all sorts of people from all over the place. And everybody has similar goals and they want to help people out. Um, I, I've been talking with um, a person from Vancouver who's got a podcast and she's also got a blog and you know, we have never seen face-to-face, but we chat, we try to um, boost each other up, trying to give each other tips. And it's a, it's a great feeling being a part of a community that tries to help other people. No, that's great. And that's similar to, you know, my intention on being on as well is just, you know, the, the exuberance that we get from being on being on Twitter or even social media, I'm getting the same feeling from uh, being on Instagram as well. I, I'm I'm new to that platform. Is just the continual dialogue, the creativity around you know how to be better as an investor, as a person. Um, I'm curious too. You mentioned you know you have some friends within you know Taipei. Have you found any collective money nerds as well? That's uh, w- within your circle. Well, I think the only the only money nerds I've actually met up with. Um, is uh, Jeremy from GoCurryCracker.com. Awesome. Um, he's uh, he's retired, and I figured out he lived in Taipei. Maybe I think it was in 2019, and so I, I kind of emailed him. I said, "Hey, are you in Taipei?" And he's like, "Yeah." It's like, if you want, we can grab some coffee. And I was like, "What?" <laughs> and and uh, he lived quite close to where I live, so I jumped on my bike, went and had coffee with them. Basically. He talked for a good two hours, and I just kind of wrote notes. <laughs> and I was like, "Man, this is a this is this is brilliant. I, I'm on the right track." And he kind of kind of guided me towards the right track. I've met up with him one other time, which was I think a couple of weeks ago, and we just kind of chit chatted about life. And he's still the same guy, just living life. And um, I've I met with another. Another guy I want to meet up with is he's a Swiss man. His name is uh, Matthias Richard. He's um, his wife is Taiwanese and he's got a house in Taiwan, but right now he just can't come because of the COVID outbreak. But uh, he's another guy that would love to meet up. There's some other people. There's um, there's Wendy. That's from Wonderlust Wendy. She's in Taichung, Taiwan. There's another guy named Paul. We tried to meet up once. Um, mm-hmm. His name is like Paul Millard. He's in Taipei. He's he's trying to run his own things. But those are the only money people I've 
contacted, but <laughs> we I've only met up with one. <laughs> well, I mean, the fact that you met you know Goku Cracker, and you know he's obviously very prominent on you know the the, the medium that we're on, and uh, it, it's great because you know in a way you were kind of a student, and I'm sure there's a part of you that was kind of fangirling <laughs> internally. Yeah, yeah, and at the, this point, I'm not. I'm not the big, I mean, I'm a fan of his, but I think, I feel like we're like the same. I mean, I'm trying to work on my blog. He's just, he's just doing his thing and uh, he's living life. And I was like, man, one day I'm going to be like you, Jeremy, one day. (laughs) And the fact that your resource is just, you know, a coffee shop away, which is, which is awesome. Um, And, and, you know, one thing I wanted to bring up as well, man, is around, um, you know, being from being away from America for so long, I'm just curious. You know what? What do you miss about the USA? What food, people? I'm curious. I think um, I think I miss sometimes I miss um, friends. I miss uh, the time zone. I guess <laughs> um, it is it is uh, very hard to kind of interact with some of my friends via time zone. They have families, they have kids, and so when I wake up, it's their nighttime. When I go, when it's my nighttime, it's their early morning. And so that's, that can be very hard. Um, another thing is I would say sports. Um, yesterday I was very lucky, um, uh, because, um, I was teaching a class and after my class, I got to, um, turn on the USA soccer game. So I got to, got to watch that while interacting with my, my, my father and my friend. And we got to kind of celebrate as the USA won, they beat Mexico. But, uh, at that point it was 1230 AM for them. 12:30 p.m. for me. I was quite happy about that, but <laughs> um, I can't. It is very hard to watch like college football. I love college football, but most of the games are either at noon or 3:30, mm-hmm. and that's Eastern Standard Time. And at my time, I'm sleeping. Yeah. So I usually just wake up and I'm like, all right, the score, cool, and that's about it. Um, no, that's all. That, that's all good, man. Yeah, I, I would imagine you know the sports piece being a, a, a huge part, but, you know, thankfully we're globally connected. If it's that big of a game, I'm sure you'll, you'll make the time. <laughs> well, usually, uh, most of the time I, if it's, if it's sleeping time, I go to sleep. Fair it, enough. It, <laughs> I see what you value. Short. <laughs> I see yeah, what yeah. you value. That's <laughs> no, all good. Um, you know, some of the last questions here, man. Um, I guess what's what's a one favorite country that you, you're intending to go with your wife, and you know, kind of what's next for for y'all in your travels? Yeah, um, one country I wanted to go in 2020, but COVID kind of threw a wrench in that was Croatia. Um, Croatia is one country uh, I would love to go to because it looks beautiful. Um, it's on the um, Adriatic Sea. Um, you've got scenes from Game of Thrones in it. But it's it's got that it's got that old that old feeling. Just the country just seems undiscovered. Well, it's discovered because lots of people go there. But my wife hasn't been there. I have never been to Europe. I've been to six continents and I've never been to Europe. And that is just one place I keep telling my wife we have to go to Croatia. And she's like, if we're going to Croatia, we need to visit some other countries like Slovenia, Austria, and Hungary as well. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yes. We'll spend a whole month just visiting all of Eastern Europe. Well, not all of Eastern Europe, just four countries. And that is that is our bucket list right now. No, that, that's awesome to hear, you know, what you're intending. And we're all going to be, you know, tuning in the, in both the blog as well as on Twitter of, of all your travels. 
um, you know, thank you, Steve, for sharing um, you know your your journey as well as you know sharing what's it like living you know overseas and trying to reach financial independence, man. So again, I appreciate you coming on. Um, just to close out, man, where, where can people find you and, and get in contact with you? Yeah, um, thank you, Justin. Um, people can find me at uh, thefrugalexpat.com. Um, and they can also find me on Twitter, which is at the frugal expats one, which is the number one. And, uh, yeah, they can send me a DM. They can go to my website, uh, send me an email through my contact page. I'll probably respond within a day. And, um, and that's, that's, that's it. And I want to thank you, Justin, for having me on. This has been a great, great chat with you. And I look forward to hearing more of your podcasts. No, thanks, Steve. Uh, there's going to be one pretty much every week. And I'm just honored that you're able to come on and uh, appreciate you spending the morning with me on your side. Well, thank you, Justin. It has been a very great pleasure meeting you and just being able to chat with you. All right, man. T- take care, Steve. Thanks, man. Thanks. Thanks.